Good day, listeners. We present to you our podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches. We discuss a variety of topics that are important to the church. Examples include sexual abuse, all types of addictions, religious abuse, and recovery. This platform provides counseling sessions, meaningful question and answer, and a counseling continuum. Our co-hosts include Ms. Lolita, Personnel Director, Mrs. Tennille, our Technical Director. We have an impressive array of program contributors. And I'm your host. My name is Prince, founder of Antioch Youth Center, 5013C program, licensed counselor, now retired. So join in this exciting podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches, and be a part of the healing process. Friends, tonight we have a special guest that's supposed to be chiming in. Of course, we know these computers do some strange things sometimes, so he's trying to chime in tonight. We do have our technical director, Ms. Tennille, on, and we're waiting for Mr. Mark Bernard to come on also, too. We do want to give you some information about him and what he does, but again, I just want to introduce him in case he does come on. He's president of Blessing Point Ministries. He holds a BA and holds a master's in uh, ministerial activities. Uh, his ministry deals with facilitating healing within the church on a worldwide, nationwide scale. He's also an author, and those books have inculcated the idea of church healing. And again, he's he's the president of this uh, program. And he's a facilitator too. He goes to churches in Canada, across the country to heal broken churches. So that works in with our genre to see people reconciled and healed. So we want to run his clip now and let you know more about Mark. Hope he chimes in. If not, we'll get him next week for sure, but it'll be an introduction for him. In churches that have been wounded, problems tend to show up in five areas. First area is in what we call the corporate pulse or corporate spirit. When we look at the Jerusalem church in the book of Acts, we see itemized in those early chapters the activities of the early church. They met for worship, they prayed together, they met in large groups and small groups, they received teaching, they worshiped, they evangelized. All those activities we see reflected in modern day churches. But there's something else in that early church, and that's the spirit of the church. Joy was in the atmosphere. People were coming to the Lord daily. There was an incredible sense of unity among the leaders. And so we want to look past the activities of a church and try to measure the spirit of the church. Is there a strong pulse? Is there a strong spirit? The second area where problems show up in wounded churches is in a lack of trust for leadership. You can easily imagine that if we've been hurt by an individual, we're going to be slow to trust that person in the future. Well, the same dynamic takes place in the local church if painful things have happened because leaders are usually associated with that pain. And so their trust in leaders diminishes on behalf of their constituency until someone comes in and heals the original wound. The third area where problems tend to show up is in poor communication. People don't talk about the things they really need to talk about, painful things, or church discipline issues go ignored. One of the comments we often hear from people that we work with is that we should have talked about these things years ago. 
fourth area where problems show up is in a lack of mission or vision fulfillment. And you can easily imagine if a church has a weak corporate pulse, there's not enough trust for leaders, if there's poor communication, it's inevitable that they're going to have difficulty accomplishing the mission Christ has given them in their community. And on top of that, he's going to be slow to bless that ministry because there's all these problems in the church. The fifth area where problems tend to show up is in historical wounds. These are the actual painful events, the crises that have taken place in the history of a church that create these other symptoms. They can range anywhere from uh, pastoral immorality to abuse of funds, to a church split, to uh, prejudice exercised by the church as a whole. They can take many, many forms. So how do you figure out if your church suffers from problems in these areas? I want to refer you to the book, Diagnosing the Heart of Your Church. You can find it on our website. And the other uh, thing I'd, I would recommend would be the Church Scan Inventory, which will help you uh, figure out how impacted your church has been by these kinds of issues. It's a free uh, ministry assessment tool on our website that individual can come and take, leaders can take and discuss among themselves. And I think these things will help you discern if your church struggles from these kind of issues. And we're waiting for him to chime in anytime. Is he here yet? He's here. Wow. All right. On time. <laughs> Mark, hello, here. my friend. <laughs> Glad to have you. We were, praying. you. we were praying for usually Glad you're here. Let's yes. give Mark a hand Thank for coming God. on. Thank Glad to have Lord. him here. Yes, yes, and, absolutely. Uh, it's just wonderful. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, Well, it is. Mark, where do we start? All right. So we saw the clip and... In my travels, those five areas, it's so common to see those things happen. Mark, can you come on twice? Because I've got about 18 questions here, plus our live people. And I just we just need to hear oh, yeah. your perspective yeah. on healing churches. Now, friends, Mark does this full time. Again, he's president of this exciting uh, situation, this service to, to the community. He does work uh, in the states, outside the countries. So, Mike, let's begin. Our time is almost half gone again. But again, tell our viewers about the program and what you all do, please. Well, we go into churches that usually have a history of what we call corporate pain. And like you heard in the video, that pain can take many forms. So we come in, come alongside a church when they invite us in and help them discern what the Lord is saying to them through the pain they've experienced. Because from our perspective, and I think from a biblical perspective, the devil does not have free reign to just uh, cause trouble in churches. Uh, there is a chain of command. We see in the life of Peter where you know Jesus tells him that Satan has demanded that I that you be sifted like wheat. We see it in Job where you needed permission. There's a hint of it in the, in the letters of the, uh, of the Lord to the churches in Revelation, this kind of sense that the Lord has granted permission for one of the churches to be tested by the enemy for 10 days. So I think it's a real shift in perspective for churches to suddenly realize that the pain they've experienced 
is really a message, just like pain in the human body is a yeah, message. Right, you know, right, if right, I, yeah. if yeah. I um, wake yeah. up in the middle of the night with a pain in my left arm, uh, you know, what is the what is the message? You know, right. we all know right. what that potential message is. Right. Um, then I have a decision to make. And and the decision is, do I tell my wife? Because once I tell my wife, it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> right. Not, right. I'm at the hospital. So you have to figure out, well, is that pain due, due to some activity earlier in the day or is it more serious? And so what we've discovered is that in churches with painful histories, the pain uh, increases with time and frequency. And the reason is because the Lord has allowed it to happen because he is disciplining the church over unresolved issues in their history. So we help churches discern what the Lord is saying to them through their pain by examining their corporate history together. And churches are continually stunned to discover what they are experiencing in the moment is something they have experienced many times in the past. They just were unaware of it because they weren't there for it. Uh, and then they see a pattern. And then they have to figure out, well, what does the pattern mean? And what do we need to deal with? My second question, Mark, what are the signs? What are the signs that a church needs healing? Mm. Well, I think I touched on some of those in the video. I think uh, the main one is going to be a loss of trust for leadership. Uh, you know, a pastor, a new pastor can come into a church and he may be a great guy. He may have great integrity. He may have great competency. He may have great enthusiasm. But when he goes to share his vision for that church, that's where the lack of trust is going to show up. Now, it's totally unrelated to anything the new pastor did. He's actually inherited previous wounds that a previous pastor has usually inflicted. So it has predisposed the people to be wary of the person who fills the pastoral role, whoever that person is, doesn't matter. And so he comes in with a, a real stigma attached to his role, and that role needs to be cleansed. And that, of course, takes place through repentance and, and uh, dealing with the issues really that are at the heart of the situation. If you have questions, friend, please call in or chime in. We have our number up. You can call 1-866-538-3664 tonight. Uh, Mark, if there is a loss of trust within the ministry between the congregants or between two people in the church, can that trust be regained? And if so, how? If there's a loss of trust, right. what steps do we take to regain the trust on both right. sides if need be? Well, if it's between individuals, it's a much easier path. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, at least it's a much easier path, uh, depending on the willingness of the people to be reconciled. All right. Uh, when it's a uh, a loss of trust for the elders, you know, by the congregation, or a loss of trust for the pastor by the board, or a loss of trust uh, toward the board by the pastor, uh, we have really two things going on. We have the, uh, the loss of trust, but we also have now a problem in the church's relationship with the Lord because mm -hmm. something has broken the trust. And it's not just a relational issue. It's a historical and spiritual issue, too. 
We know the scripture says that, you know, if we have, we're at odds with someone in the church, don't even give your offering. Leave it, you know, go reconcile and then come back. So when churches have these unconfessed sins in their corporate history, the way you have to uh, restore the trust for leadership, number one, you've got to, you've got to diagnose where the trust was broken, how it was broken. And then the current leaders need to be as transparent as possible. There's two things that rebuild trust. One is truth and the other is transparency. And so well, the way we handle that is that once the church understands what the Lord is saying to it and they're trying to fix their relationship with the Lord and with each other, they'll have a special service called, we call it a solemn assembly. That's what it's called in the scripture. Sure. Sure. And so in those situations, the current say say the, the church has lost trust. I had to do this myself in a church where the pastor had an affair. I was the interim pastor. Uh, he he refused to repent. And the church went from 300 people down to 30 people over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. This was back in the 70s. They were saddled with a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage in Atlanta. And a little old couple came up to me. Uh, early in my time there and told me this tale. And I said, and it sounded so fresh. I said, when did this happen? And they said wow. like 25 years ago. Hmm. So how do you fix broken trust that happened when the person, number one, is unwilling to repent? And number two is either dead or not available to repent and ask forgiveness from the congregation. And so one of the things we've learned from scripture is a thing called mediatorial authority. And it is the ability of a pastor or a board to stand in the place of previous pastors or board and ask forgiveness as if they were part of the problem. You know, when you look at the confessions of Nehemiah or Daniel, right. or Israel, you know, they, right. they say, Lord, you know, I and my people have sinned. Daniel didn't do anything wrong. Right. He takes just standing in. Yeah. yeah he, he stands in the gap. He takes, and, and we do this. So I did that in that little church where the pastor had refused to repent. I said, look, I know this man is unwilling to uh, repent, and I want to communicate to you that I am a pastor, just like he is a pastor or was a pastor, and I am just as capable of doing the things that he did. Would you forgive me in his place? And the room went just pin drop silent. Mm. And they did, and you could feel the burden being lifted. Mm relationally and spiritually, the church's relationship with the Lord was changing. And it's almost like someone flips a switch in heaven when a church repents. And the discipline that they're under, the lack of fruitfulness uh, that they experience, the the ministry frustration, the lack of traction on their mission and vision, all that stops because they've been under, God's basically put a kibosh on the church Mm. until they address these issues that he's not willing to overlook. Mark, I got to go back to uh, first thing. I'm just wondering what I don't need to know his name or background. Why wouldn't he repent? I mean, was it just situations or just issues or just pride? I mean, I don't understand why why he wouldn't uh, want to do that. Well, um, a lot of pastors who have committed immorality don't want to repent, you know, and so uh, he lost his ordination. He lost his license. Uh, as a result of that behavior. Um, and 
you know, I, I don't understand it all. I'm learning as I go. We've been doing this for 15 years. I'm still learning new things. Wow. But I think one of the main avenues the enemy uses to undermine pastors and myself included, I'm not immune to it, is to take the blind spots from our upbringings, the wounds, you know, your wounded hearts, wounded churches. Well, a lot of us come in the ministry with wounded hearts. Mm-hmm. We want to help other people because we were wounded. And so, um, but we don't do a good job of examining those wounds. We get a good seminary education, mm-hmm. but we don't do a good job of emotional education, understanding what makes us tick that would set us up for an affair or would set us up to be unwilling to repent. If a person is wounded, will they be restricted in their effectiveness in ministry or in serving God? You mean as a leader? A a leader or a parishioner. If if those wounds are still hurting. Yeah, we all get spiritual gifts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's going to incapacitate their ability to mature at some, at some level, right? Either they're over-functioning in their role. And we've probably all known people like this who are overly powerful and overly functioning in their role. And it's really not that they're evil. It's that they have a personal history that has kind of put an insecurity in them that they're overcompensating for. And so it, it does hinder their uh, fruitfulness if they're unwilling to get help. Mark, our time is just about gone. I have got to, I only got to one question on my sheet here because we went another <laughs> way, but uh, I need to ask you, you're talking to some people tonight who've been wounded, not attending church services. Uh, a couple of them are younger, uh, 30s, some are older. What, for for your 15 years of experience, you have a master's degree, your experience, what would you say to them tonight? I would would say to them what I had to say to myself, because I had to step out of ministry for 10 years because of a very painful church situation. Mm. And it took me 10 years to realize what the Lord was trying to show me about me through that experience. So I would say this as gently and in the greatest shepherding spirit I can muster toward any um, listener or watcher tonight. And that is, yes, you were hurt. Yes, you were wounded. Yes, it was probably wrong what happened to you. But it is not beyond the scope of God's sovereignty in your life. And I would tenderly ask you to ask the Lord, Lord, is there something about myself that you want me to see and to grow through this experience? Uh, you know, I, I have been wounded in churches. I have walked away from difficult situations, but I have discovered that even though I thought I was right the whole time I was walking away, mm. that, you know, and it was the other person's problem, I had discovered that, man, you know what? God was using that in my life at the same time, and if I had enough wits to recognize it sooner, I might have been back in ministry quicker. I think we had a call coming in for, from our viewers. Yeah, we did have a question, Mr. 313 asks, did that pastor ever apologize or repent? I think you had mentioned that he never did. Yeah, he, he did not. He would not. 
And and interestingly, that uh, situation, that pastor was just part of the church's painful history. Mm. Um, uh, that was a very strange church. They, uh, have you ever have heard of a church that started in a lie? Uh, that's how that church started. They wow. started in deception. <laughs> and, um, and so the, and then, I mean, it's just, it's a long, complicated story, but, uh, I will say that what happened because of that pastor not repenting is that it changed the culture's of the church. It changed the church's attitude toward pastors. Wow. So, so what you're it, saying, so, so what you're saying is if brother moon falls in adultery, that'll affect the group that I'm around. Oh, absolutely. You, you, that would be something that breaks the trust of the church toward any future pastor who comes unless that is healed. Wow, we got to come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to come back to that. <laughs> and and what you're saying is correct. Statistics indicate quite clearly, uh, Dobson's study: thirty eight percent of pastors, women and men, have inappropriate behavior with their congregants. Wow. Statistics indicate that every Sunday, between one and two hundred ministers sit down from their post every year. Stats wow. also yeah. indicate you're getting about a thousand churches closing up every year. Right. You know, Prince, I think if we if we just extrapolate that out a little bit, we begin to understand why our nation is in the condition that it is in. That's true. Yeah, There's true. no doubt about it. It's true. You know, we're talking about a book you mentioned healing. We're, we're talking about a book. If someone needs help, you know, healing the heart of your church by Dr. Kenneth Quick is a great book. There's another book I read. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's called Broken Churches, Broken Nation. Mm, and sure. It was written in the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, and it is a uh, recounting of the fact that all three major denominations split over the issue of slavery um, 10 to 15 years prior to the Civil War. Wow. So the author's premise is if the church couldn't figure this issue out, <laughs> uh, it, gave, it actually my, gave the my, government my, my. permission to split wow. because the church couldn't figure it out. It gave the civil leadership permission to split. Because we're so, the salt of the earth, supposedly, right? Well, we'll I'm together. afraid that, you know, um, some of our saltiness has lost its savor. And, Mark, and, we got to go. We're beyond time. So, <laughs> Saints, friends, we got to come back because yes. we're going to talk about this idea of uh, trust. Mark mentioned that and how that had to be transparent and truthful. Going to talk about, again, the time limit that it takes for healing. He also mentioned the, those painful issues and a bunch of questions. What are the steps to healing? Uh, he's, he's going to talk about success stories. It it can get better. Is that right, Mark? We can get help. I, I will talk about whatever you want to talk about. It does and can get better. Amen. Uh, and I'm encouraged. Amen. That's what keeps me in this ministry. Amen. Yeah. Friends, if you joined us tonight, this is Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches. This podcast is by Church of God, for Church of God, those that are saved and those that are not saved also too. You've been wounded. There is help. And we're here to do that. We bring Mark on other guests and let you know that this is not a church here, but we want to encourage you to go back to seek the Lord even tonight. So we're here to help you through discussion, through dialogue, through our guests to help you, to support you, to go back uh, to serve God 100%. Mark, again, thank you. We'll see you next week. All right. Janelle, thank you. And Annette, Lord bless you. Saints, friends, glad to come tonight. Good to see you here. Thank you.